0: Starting a podcast can be very time-consuming. I've been doing it for more than three years now, and my biggest challenge was finding a way to distribute my episodes across major audio platforms in a way that was easy, effective, and free to use. That's when I came across Anchor. And the best part is that you can actually make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. So if you're interested, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. What's going on, everybody? My name is George Gleefe. This is episode nine of Let's Grab Coffee. I'm here with my good friend, Mr. James Beattie. James is a capital markets executive with more than 25 years of experience, primarily in the investment banking and capital markets industry. Uh, His experience is specialized in equity market structure, entrepreneurial growth, in the services of mobile payments, messaging technology. Uh, James has also held senior executive positions at Canada's largest banks, RBC. BMO, uh, and CIBC, both wealth management and asset management. James, and this is the, the fun part, holds a BA in Western, BCom, University of Windsor, an MBA from Rotman, CFA, and an FCSI for you. For those of you who are non finance, the Fellowship of Canadian Securities Institute. So definitely uh, lots of credentials, very intelligent man. James, thanks for doing this. You're welcome. Good to talk to you, George. So I always like to start things off by getting to know the person I'm interviewing, and the audience is is very, very interested. So James, who are you? Tell us a bit about yourself. What's the story?
1: Well, at the core, I'm I'm someone who likes to uh, get business done. I like to have fun. I like to uh, meet fantastic, interesting companies that are unique, different, Mm -hmm. and to find them the capital to grow. Uh, Banking leaders and banking leadership and banking interesting ideas is a fantastic pr- uh, profession. Uh, it is a tough profession, but it's a great way to make a living. Uh, it, it's an incredibly creative role because you are dealing with dreams, aspirations, uh, and then you have to tie it into financials, you have to tie it into to people. So it's a very uh, creative kind of a way of making um, um, the capital markets industry grow.
0: And you know, obviously you're, you've had 25 years of experience in this space. Mm-hmm. From university, you know, all the other trials and tribulations
1: that you, you've gone through to this position. walk us through that journey. Well, end of the day, it's always about you know the basic things that you can't forget. You know, do the basics, work hard, mm-hmm. uh, pay attention to your academics; they're very important. Uh, whether you're doing them uh, in an official capacity at an accredited university, or teaching yourself or learning yourself, you know, it's it's you know time of learning. Right, um, and then. You know, the one thing that's never changed, I've been doing business for 25 plus years, uh, people do business with people they like. And that continues to be the case. Everything has changed. Technology, the way we do this, pricing, the types of businesses, everything else has changed. But at the end of the day, the only thing that hasn't, people do business with people they like. Having the ability to relate mm-hmm. to other people in the workforce, to clients, and you you know you're not going to get along with everybody. You don't have to. Be who you are, be true to it, and you will end up attracting the kind of business that you are capable of doing and the kind of people that you should be doing business with. And it'll be a very um, pure way of getting business done. Mm. You'll actually be working with entrepreneurs in our world, entrepreneurs and and growth startup firms uh, of, of individuals that you're intrigued by, you admire, you respect, and you help them build.
0: You talk about be who you are, and sticking true to your character. Let, let's just sort of focus on this right now, because obviously we both work in the financial industry. We both know and have watched uh, movies like The Wolf of Wall Street. So obviously, the stigma around the financial industry isn't always under a positive light. Uh, any thoughts around that? How do you how do you stay true to your character without having to conform the societal pressures, especially
1: one in the financial industry? It's tough. It's very tough, and a lot of uh, uh, individuals in in our community don't necessarily. Uh, make it through that. I remember um, the the movie, The The Wolf of Wall Street, I think my colleague Mike Chaffee had said to me, you've gotta watch this, it (laughs) It took me about eight times to get through because I kept turning it off because I thought it was such a disservice to our industry and it was so horrible and it was awful. You read about the the infinitesimal, like little one percent of the industry who are fraudulent, who break rules and that's true of any industry. In our industry, it gets magnified. so I, I found that movie very tough to watch because the vast majority of our, our uh, industry peers are hardworking, honest, trustworthy uh, men and women who wanna go in, do a job, do it well, to take care of their family. Yeah. Um, I think the second part of your, your question is how do you, how do you maintain uh, a competitive edge? Well, A, be who you are, be true to it. There are huge pressures in our industry for Uh, entertaining and all of those things and a lot of men and women get sucked into these cycles of addiction and behavior that relates to that Uh, it's I've seen very sad stories of great careers going up in flames Um, it's a choice uh, and it's a choice to uh, if you get involved in that world, and if that world takes you to a place where you shouldn't be, you have to make the choice to get out. And it's a conscious choice, and it's a hard choice. And I can tell you, it is uh, always the right choice. Um, there are many ways of correcting those kind of uh, lifestyle, uh, addiction-based, disease-based, whichever you want to call them, um, activities. And, and they involve professional help. They involve uh, listening to your uh, family and friends, your community. Uh, The one thing about the capital market community, it's a very supportive group of individuals and at its core, it's men and women that do care about each other. So if sadly, if someone is drawn into that, which happens very often, uh, clean it up, go clean up your backyard. I love it. So, you know,
0: we're talking about knowing who you are and and emotional intelligence. How did you, I guess, what, what path or process did you take to actually get to that realization?
1: I was in a restaurant the other night and uh, there were a group of us having dinner and there was a a woman at the table who was talking about a course she was doing at Shulik and she was studying emotional intelligence. And I said, well, you know, I've done many courses and I've done many training sessions and been been through some of the best sales training courses uh, that exist. Mm -hmm. And a couple years ago, I decided upon uh, the suggestion of a few industry peers to try the Second City Improv Program. So if you want to get emotional intelligence, if you want to get an edge on your competitors, quite frankly, that is the best sales training program that exists. The improv program composes is comprised of five different parts from levels A through E. You can do it part time, you can do it weekends intensive. It's the best sales training. Mm. And um, it's a way to start that kind of journey to you know how do you use your, as, as we like to call it, emotional intelligence. It's, it's many things. It's uh, paying attention to what's going on. It's keeping focused. It's avoiding the negativity. It's about understanding how to support a team. When is it your turn to shine? And what is it your turn to stand back? And, you know, how do you move a conversation along? In the vocabulary of Second City, use the words yes and. And you replace the word but with the words yes and. If you were to think of, about how often you say the word but in a day and pull it out and say yes and, you realize it's an entirely different way of thinking that is conducive to getting things done in a really positive way. Mm-hmm. So it's just a, sort of a play on words, but instead of using the but, which is it's almost like an excuse to something. It's yes, always but, an excuse. Yeah. When you think of you're having a conversation with somebody yeah. and they say, uh, oh, that's really great, but you stop listening. Your body <laughs> language changes. Right. If I were to say to you, you know, you've just given me perhaps the craziest idea in the world, and I think it's ridiculous. And I look at you and I say, well, George, that's interesting. And perhaps we could talk about this. Mm-hmm. So I have uh, I've shown that I want to take your crazy idea, which I think is ridiculous, but actually may have something in there that is worth using, right. and I've moved that along. So it's, it's very subtle, but it's very important. And it goes to the core of, uh, Teamwork, it goes to the core of focus. It goes to the core of getting things done. At the end of the day, you want to get it done,
0: right? And when we're talking about emotional intelligence, I just wanna, I really wanna sort of narrow down this because, uh, you know, we're both in the finance industry, but even finance is seeing its share of a disruption from from technology. You know, we've all been hearing things about blockchain, artificial intelligence, um, machine learning, even. How important will human traits be
1: in the next five, 10 years, even with the advent of technology coming in? It's interesting because it's a conversation that's been going on for a long time. Yeah. And as I, I think I mentioned earlier, in all of the changes that I've seen in my career, the only thing that hasn't changed is people do business with people they like, period. Mm. So there is always going to be the element of human interaction in, in discussions and behaviors uh, lots of things change, the way we use technology, the way we use our phones. You know, Our phones are with us 24 seven. Okay, so that's changed behavior, and there are lots of industries that have been altered dramatically uh, because of technology. At the end of the day, uh, it's incumbent upon us who are, uh, have been doing business for a while to continue to embrace technology but it's also incumbent upon your generation to realize that social skills are everything. Right? I can't imagine the number of times I've stood around and watched a group of men and women with their phones all standing there in a room. Nobody's talking to each other. Yeah. I was sitting on a train a few years ago. I was going from uh, Paris to London, England, mm-hmm. on the Eurostar okay. in business class, and it's a beautiful treat, it really is. <laughs> Linens uh, for the table service, or at least it was at the time. Lovely uh, food, well-served, if you choose, lots of uh, fine um, spirits available. And I'm sitting at a table for four. There's myself, uh, a lovely uh, younger woman, and two men who were her age. Okay. Not at one point put down those laptops or those phones to engage that (laughs) young woman in dialogue. They had a captive audience, guys. Like You're all online swiping (laughs) Tinder. You have a captive audience for the next hour and a half, two hours. Nobody put down their phone. Do it in real life, guys. Put the phone down. What about when you're going in the elevator and you've been trying to get an interview with the head of X group or you want to meet someone from Y group? That elevator, and you've got your phone in your hand. Put it down. Look around. See who's there. You might be able to pitch them. And there is such a thing as an elevator pitch. I've done it. It works. Hi, I'm George. And boom, come and see you. Of course, see you can come and see George. So the um, put the phones down. Uh, my generation has to really grasp technology and understand it, and and also kind of push our values back to this is the core of doing business. This is how you do business. This is the good form that goes with business. Your generation have to realize. Put the phone away. Go talk to somebody.
0: Right. Balance the other side of it.
1: You know, I, I remember a colleague when I was at. Um, One of my previous firms had an error, a trading error, and he was just beside himself with the trading error. Uh, I said to him, Did you go and see the client? I just tell them what happened. Be honest, just tell them what happened. He looked at me like it was the strangest idea ever. And he said, No, he hadn't. I said, Well, why don't you just do that? He said, Fine. He got up, he went to the client's office, he sat down. He said, Guess what? I said, What? The client and I have solved it. We've decided what we're going to do. Really, <laughs> I'm not surprised. Put the phone down. Go and see the person one-on-one. Just talk.
0: So, but putting that down the phone and and sorry, I speak. So I'm obviously a millennial, but of course sure. you are. Yeah. And talking to someone, especially someone you don't know, uh, is a little difficult. And I, I find that you know, obviously, I'm in a sales role as well, so it helps. I get a lot of practice. Um, but it takes it takes pure confidence. And actually, example, you know, those people who just. On their tablet the entire time, even though there was a, a nice lady in front of them, there's a form of insecurity, mm-hmm. and you realize that because when I'm at a, events, for example, I shared with the, this with you last time. You know, people will walk in the entire time, and very few people walk into to a room filled with people, with, because when they come in and there's all these people staring at them, now they're the center of the attention. You know, they feel insecure. What do they
1: do? They take their get in this bubble. They get in the bubble. So, so behind, the Apple led bubble. Apple wants you in that bubble, get out of <laughs> it. I walk into a room, the one thing I do at a networking event, because let's be clear, some networking events can be awful. Right. Others can be great, but it's a function of what you actually put into it. I walk into those events and I try to scan, and I look for someone who may be the least likely person I've ever want to talk to. Or the person that you know we know or comfortable with. Go and find someone that you don't know, right. that you have no idea, and walk right up to them. Introduce yourself. If they don't want to talk to you, whatever, move on and go to the next one. Mm-hmm. Uh, but go up and introduce yourself. They're at a networking event for a same Tell them your name. Ask a little bit about themselves, perhaps, if they want to engage. And then when it's time to move on, move on. You know, don't be the one that uh, uh, is is uh, kind of a, a drag on the situation. But the point being, go find someone different. Find something interesting about them and uh, exchange information and move on. How,
0: how do you how do you network so well? And I think just you know, yeah. A lot of people will realize this, anyways. But you—you have to. Your tone is is just on point, and you sort of portray a very confident person. Mm-hmm. How do you, you know, how do you advise that someone who's maybe not in sales, not in finance? Like a lot of my friends are engineering right now, watching this and saying, "I want that. I want to go right now. I'm
1: pumped up, James. I have the energy." Chin up. Okay. Shoulders back. Smile. Always smile. People will come and talk to you if you're smiling. If you're standing there alone, at a thing, and you've got a smile on your face, someone will come over to you. If you're standing there like this. Oh, well, they're not going to come to you because they are not sure who to talk to. You know, alone um, at a cocktail event or a networking, go right up to them because yeah, they're all, they're looking for someone to talk. You go to a networking event to network. Hopefully it's about a cause or an interest that, that you want to be there so you can learn more about it. How did you get invited? Oh, Mary Jo, Sam, whomever. Oh, well, I know Mary Joe Sam, or whomever and, and get to know people that way. It's part of your. If you're building a business, or if you're, you know, building a, a community, it's just getting to know people, right? And, and Jennifer, when we're talking about sales, I think a lot of people, when they're listening to this, if they
0: don't come from a sales background, they're thinking like hard sales. I have a phone on to sell to you. But in fact, everybody, no matter where you come from, what industry you're in, you're a sales. As soon as you walk out the door, you're a salesperson. Everyone on LinkedIn, to. you're a salesperson. How do you keep it consistent in a way that's professional and always
1: making your brand stand out? The um, the number one key, in my opinion, to successful sales is very simple. It's the ability to listen. And I do not have that ability naturally. <laughs> uh, the ability to listen. Just go and listen to what the person is saying. If you ask them a question, actually hear what they have to say. And um, it's listening. It's not talking. Many people think that good sales is talking. It's not. Listen ask relevant questions process the information and you will have built a better network a better relationship something and then try to establish some kind of commonality or rapport uh, you know something about the individual that you relate to or perhaps you know uh, don't be afraid to talk about go well for you or something somewhat vulnerable because that shows that you're there and you're trying to build a long-term relationship in a
0: business, and it creates that trust because you get more personal, right? Yeah, very much, and it has to be genuine. If
1: it's disingenuous, oh, they can. It's I can smell. smell it a mile away. It's been a it nanosecond. Guess. You know, we have a lot of companies that come through this uh, the, these offices, and they're a lot of fantastic companies. We can only do so much, and we can only bank so many. And you can pick up genuine spirit, genuine focus, genuine passion in a nanosecond.
0: Interesting, Uh, I sort of want to focus now back to you and and ask you this question, it's it's kind of a weird one, but what what really gets you up in the morning? What gets you up, what what gets you motivated? What gives you that energy every single
1: day to come to these offices and just kill it? Uh, You have to love what you're doing, Um, you have to really enjoy it, Um, and I do. And I do because I've worked hard at it, I understand it, I believe in it, I believe in the capital markets process. I believe in finding great companies and finding them the capital to grow, helping them along, understanding what they're doing. Uh, and it's uh, it's good work. You can have other, you know, you have to have some balance in your life. You have to have a good uh, family. You have to have a good community. You know, you have to have good sleep, good exercise, good diet, all those things. Like all those things your grandmother told you, they're true. They're true. Pay attention to what your family <laughs> told you. It was good stuff. She knows. It's, it's good stuff. And uh, if you do that, you can get up in the morning and you can come to your job every day and um, give it your best. And understand that what you're doing at work or your job or your career is important. You also have a life over here. And keep them in balance. And uh, sometimes they won't be in balance. Sometimes they're out of sync. But it's your ability to... a bit of a detachment from who you are professionally that's not necessarily who you are it doesn't reflect what you do in your spare time it doesn't reflect your composition of your family it doesn't reflect what your interests are all the time so you can have a bit of a detachment don't you know if you're the head of XYZ what does it mean nothing
0: That's interesting too, because what happens is it's an own disease psychologically. When because you have this attached identity, you start you remove your persona from it, and you know it's it's on your business card, head of a client relationship management. And so when you lose the job, uh, you go home and you're like, who am I now? And you, you go into the dinner and they say, oh hey John, so what do you do? Or there's no more confidence in you. It's 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 a no problem. I mean, I've I've actually experienced it uh, personally within my family, so
1: it's... It's it's something that uh, a lot of the uh, men and women of my generation see and live. Uh, And, you know, I'm very lucky to have worked with uh, a number of men and women who have set kind of um, an industry standard for me, you know, like Jackie Walker or Sonny Lennon or those type of people who have uh, always had a fantastic career, but that career has not defined them nor who they have been. And it actually makes them better. Because they have a bit of a detachment to it, and all the the noise, and they can focus on what needs to be done to deliver a better to deliver a better outcome for the company, to deliver a better outcome for you, uh, and that detachment allows you to keep that focus. Uh, so it's 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 very much about to, um, like observing what you do and bringing to that a you know a health healthy level of uh, detachment. And now now you have, obviously, a, a very, very uh,
0: interesting credentials, not just from, from university, but you have the CFA and the FCSI, which are related to, to, to finance and banking. But uh, for, for, for students watching this, you know, it's generally yeah. my audience, um, generically speaking, how would you give uh, for someone to actually keep pursuing academics, uh, to be a continuous learner, but also be a practitioner? I mean, there's a balance, right, of learning, but also executing it and practicing what, what you learn,
1: not just always being in the books well I think it's important to find out what you love and what you really love and to be uh, to honor your unique I remember interviewing years ago a um, music student who had gone back to, to do her MBA and she said to me in the opening of the interview I know nothing about the stock market and I said to her well you can read music she looked at me very odd. Oh, of course I can read music I said well there's there's a cyclical pattern and a rhythm to music that is actually quite present in the charting patterns in many stocks. Mm. So you, you, you can't tell me, you know nothing about stocks. You can actually read music. If I already give her a stock chart, she could probably read it. And she actually did. Mm. So there's all kinds of ways to learn. There are all kinds of things to look at. Everyone's different. You know, the path I've chosen was very traditional. That was my choice. There are many other ways to figure out what is the right thing for you. Uh, There's fantastic programs, masters in finance, there's all kinds of, um, uh, Ongoing, you know, continuing education. And there are programs everywhere. And you can either take them yourself or you can just teach yourself online. You can go to an institution. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what, what are you intrigued by? What is your passion? You know, if your passion is art, then go study art. If your passion is art history, go study art history. At some point, you know, that passion will fuel your career or at least make your career more enjoyable or give your life more enjoyment. Um, but find out what it is that you're uniquely interested in, and focus on it. And you know, falling into a silo, uh, maybe a part of your life or a portion of your life, but it doesn't have to be the whole life.
0: And I, I love uh, two things. One that, as as you talk, you keep bringing up passion and, and this sort of uh, internal motivation to do something you, you enjoy. Mm-hmm. Not once you, know, you bring up the financial aspect of mm-hmm. it, and it's because you know you and I both realize that. I mean, you you can you can be the richest person in the world, and we've seen them. Uh, Who you know, you're wealthy, but you still have to get up in the morning, you still have to go to bed, you know, and you still have to go to that miserable job that you hate, even though you're making bank, right? It's just an
1: interesting concept. I I like to read financial statements, (laughs) I I enjoy reading them. If when I meet a company, the first thing I want to do is see their financial statements because it gives me the facts. I want to talk about the facts. Uh, There are lots of great stories or great ideas out there, but if you give me those facts, I can begin with. Now, everyone's facts are going to be relative, some are not going to be great, some will be great. But it's, it's the starting, so having that um, that kind of, you know, I like to do that. There are lots of other people who have no interest in financials, so, you know, go do what you need to do. There are lots of men and women in our business who are intrigued by, you know, the relationship aspect, and, and that's what they do. And, but you also have a
0: creative spin on things. Yeah. Like, you keep talking about art. I know you love art, and I want to get to that in a sec. But... For a lot of people watching, they might, they might not really know what investment banking is, apart from watching Suits and knowing that Mike Ross became, you know, from a, from a lot of investment banking. Can you just explain in a very simplified manner
1: what investment banking actually is? It's, it's actually, it's, it's based it's very simple. Um, George has decided he has the best idea for a mo- mobile technology. You uh, start a business maybe in your garage, and you have this piece of mobile technology that you want to build. And out of that becomes uh, perhaps it's an app. And that app gets some or some client pickup. You've been funded by your family and friends. You now come to a stage where you actually want to become a company. Well, then you have to get banking. Well, you can't go to a traditional bank. They're not going to bank George's dreams and aspirations. It doesn't work that way. That being said, the Canadian infrastructure towards all of these creative risk capital type things have changed dramatically over the last five or 10 years. So to kind of take a step back from that, if you think about the capital markets of this country, we funded, oil wells, energy, et cetera, for years. And at the end of the day, what are you doing? You're funding a hole in the ground or, you know, some rocks and that's a very creative process because you're funding something that doesn't exist. I believe that there is going to be gold here. I believe that there's natural gas or oil here. I have technical uh, proof that it's there, but you don't know until you're there. That actually takes creativity and it takes risk capital to go with it. So we actually have all throughout our economy a very strong understanding of the risk capital world Mm -hmm. and how to fund those type of things. We also know that in our world, if you find the right ideas and you fund them early, you can make a lot of wealth on So you take that and you combine it with the fact that we've shifted our economic gears. And our country, you know, whether you look at the work that comes out of the Perimeter Institute or out of Mars or out of these many fantastic groups that are fostering um, whether it's artificial intelligence, mobile technology, uh, you know, the, the 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 work that's being done in this country on technology is, is very impressive. It needs to continue to be impressive. The BDC does fantastic work in our community. Uh, Omer's has set the stage for helping fund risk capital. So there are lots of great things going on. But at the end of the day, you've got George. George has an idea. It's a great idea. George has no money. He needs a dollar. We have to find him the dollar. That's all it is. And it's about finding the right uh, companies to fund and finding the right source of capital to fund them. And risk capital, you know, you can have a dollar. It can go to zero. It can go to ten risk capital is not the in-between. The in-between is done incredibly well by the Canadian financial services companies, incredibly well. Risk capital is give me the dollar, it either goes to zero or 10, and that's a much tougher asset class quite print.
0: And for the entrepreneurs watching right now, and obviously you're tying the capital with a good story but also a good product and the people behind it, for the entrepreneurs listening, what advice would you give them on pitching? even you know let's just generalize something in, in the early stages is probably that's that's probably where the audience comes comes from uh
1: before you get to the pitch you're going to have to embody you know winston churchill's words never 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 give up because it's going to cost you more money take you more time and be much harder than you thought uh when you're doing the pitch and there's a, actually a fantastic document that i will send to you that uh, edith chung who's out of california uh silicon valley puts out and it's about what, what her firm likes to see in a pitch. And it's really good. Story. Have some Articulate a vision. Make it a realistic vision. have you found something that's really unique that needs to be fixed okay great let's have that conversation
0: okay I like it I like it James and just to go back to art I just want I sort of want the audience to to know you more on the on the personal side as well so so what things do you
1: enjoy outside of work like where where are you outside of work Uh, I have a uh, great uh, community of friends and uh, great partner Uh, he and I have uh, a lot of fun we enjoy a lot of community uh, events okay. uh, I believe the Canadian art community is pretty impressive
0: mm-hmm. uh,
1: if you want to a little not, decorate, that's <laughs> not the right word. if you want to adorn your home with some really great art there Canadian art is it's reasonably priced it's readily available and you're supporting a local artist and there's always going to be something you can find that's unique mm-hmm. do you really need another uh, same old same old on your walls that's right no you don't Go to an art fair, pick up what you like, and it has to be something that you, you're intrigued by. Uh, so uh, art is a passion. You know, Casey Hart, Casey House okay. does a fantastic um, uh, art auction every year, it's a fundraiser. Um, uh, it's done in the fall, it's called Art with Heart. What do you like in art? Um, Canadian contemporary art, which is um, bold colors, very dramatic. What, 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 is it, what, it, what does it give you when you look at a piece of art? Every piece is different. Um, Every piece um, should speak to you, and that sounds very uh, out there, but it should. If you look at it and you go, this is really intriguing, and I'm intrigued by what is it made that artist do this, and I like technique. Uh, a lot of contemporary art can show uh, what I believe is a lack of technique. Mm-hmm. Photography, the original photography, the black and white photography is hard to find. You go to the Toronto Reference Library, the Belfour Room, and they have fantastic old black and white prints that you can have reproduced for, I don't know, if it's $50 or something. And they're unique, they're different. Uh, everyone's running around thinking they're a photographer. You're not. <laughs> Put your phone away. <laughs> pay attention to the event and stop being a photographer. Yeah. You're not. So you can, you know, you can, I, I like to support things that are. I don't like, you know, if you told me my home was gonna be an Ethan Allen magazine, I wouldn't be very happy about that. <laughs> so. Love it. Send this off, James. One
0: tip, and ask this to all my interviews. Um, so, one tip or advice you can leave the audience today, no matter what age group they are.
1: Uh, be unique, be different, be interesting. Build bridges. Build bridges in your community, in your family, in your home. And, uh, you know, I, love, I have uh, comments up uh, in, in my house. Never, never, never give up. And the other I have is BLP, which stands for Breathe, Listen, Pause. If anyone uses a Bloomberg terminal, <laughs> they probably spend a lot of time doing Bloomberg Launchpad, which That's is right. BLP. Yeah. So my uh, former colleague Jackie Walker years ago coined that for us. Uh, we had a bit of a crazy trading desk and she said, everyone is going to coin that as breathe, listen, pause. So I would breathe, listen and pause. Uh, You'll, uh, you'll be thankful for that outcome. I certainly am.
0: James Beauty, episode nine of let's grab coffee. Thanks so much, James. Thanks very much. Cheers. Cheers.